house of the Lord. You may be seated a moment. You know, sometimes the Lord will give you a message. I'm just going to leave the lights off, if you will. Um, and it's for someone. Sometimes everyone can get something out of it. But um, really this message today, well, it's for everybody. But especially for a guy named Marshall, who's been in our church a couple of Weeks only. And I had you on my heart, Marshall, only because I know you, you probably think, well, come here and these people are a little strange or whatever. But God's got a word for you this morning. Um, and so I hope this will help you because I'm going to do something for you right after the service that will... Uh, I, I believe, help you. But I wanted to share this morning, I got this message riding down the road uh, on Friday, and I was riding down the road, and I got this come to me, your victory is in your vision. Your victory is in what you see. But see, so many times we get distracted by the cares of the world and all this other kind of stuff. It's hard to see the end. But in 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 uh, Proverbs, the 29th chapter, verse 18, and I'm going to read out of the 26th translation Bible. So I'm going to read several translations of this scripture. But the Bible says in uh, the 18th uh, verse, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. I'd put it like this. He who hooks up to God is going to be a happy man or woman. Where there is, here's just some different translations. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But he who keeps the law is happy. Where there is no vision, the people run wild. But happy is he who keeps the law. Where there is no prophecy, the people cast off restraint. So the Bible says in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now this word vision means, here's a definition of a vision, an encounter with God where he imparts special revelation. That's a vision. An encounter with God where He imparts something to you. It would behoove us in these last days, and we're going to see over in Joel where he talks about in the last days that old men are going to dream dreams and young men will see visions. Young men will see revelation of God. It would behoove us to hook up to God and get a revelation of what He wants to do for us and help us and everything. So it would, so we're looking at, I want to have a divine revelation from God. Over in Daniel, in 30 times in the Bible, in Daniel, he talks about visions. Now in the Old Testament, we know that God operated a lot in visions with the prophets. 
He would give them a vision of things to come. But you understand God's doing the same thing today. What happens is the people ain't uh, in tune with receiving the vision. And I got this last week. And you know, I, I, I've got, and I know I'm an old fogey and, and, uh, and, and I've lost a lot of stuff. I understand that. And so uh, I found out last week God got dealing with me um, last week. I want to impart more to you, but you need to get off Facebook. See, here's what happens. And I'm, if you want to stay on, I, I got nothing wrong with Facebook. That's what you want to say. But, but here's the thing about it is, if we want to hear really something from God, you have to get yourself in position for God to talk to you. And so what happens is, we get looking at, at something like, and, and, and what happened is, what God maybe meant for good, the devil has now distorted everything. There's been more families, uh, 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 separated and mad and friends lost over Facebook than the devil ever done because people have an opinion. And so what happens is uh, uh, I, I'm an old fogey, and so we get on Facebook, and sometimes I might say something. Uh, you know, They rile me up. And so I say something that I shouldn't say, and then somebody said, well, now you know this. Doesn't. So I said, okay, the Lord dealt with Now, you don't have to do it. You stay on Facebook. That's fine. But... The Lord dealt with me. He said, I want to start imparting divine revelation to you. But in order for you to receive divine revelation, you've got to get with me. Well, I appreciate the one amen. So what happens is, if we will separate ourselves from all of this other stuff, God will speak to you. God will speak to you wherever you're at. But, but, but we can't spend time in the natural and expect to receive something supernatural. So, so many, and, and, and I thought, well, that is good. And, and this come to me, uh, it's funny how God deals with me, but, uh, uh, I got a little pad, I got my office there, uh, next to the bedroom. And so sometimes God will give me something in the middle of the night. And so now I go and I write it down and I write the time that he gave it to me, you know. So I, I got this morning. This come to me this morning at 417 in the morning. Choose your friends carefully. Wrong ones will hinder your vision. If you don't talk it, you won't walk it. So then he's trying to tell us that we have got to start talking the Word, and then we'll be able to walk it. It's like whatever you're believing God for. And we start and, and, and we start saying, I'm expecting that to come. I'm expecting this to come. And so then God gives us a, a divine revelation of how he, he's going to do that. Now, when we see and we're talking about visions, and this gets a lot of uh, people screwed up, and, and you get thinking, well, they're hearing all kinds of things and all this kind of stuff. We need to start hearing from God. 
We need to get hooked up in the spirit realm and start hearing from, from God. And there would be so much hell in our country today if the Christian people would get in tune with God and listen to God. Now, in Joel, uh, if you got your Bibles, turn over to Joel real quick in Joel 2.28. And we see this scripture here. And he says, Afterward it shall come to pass that I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Joel is prophesying he had got a revelation from God, and he prophesied that I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dream, and your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servant and on my maid servant, I'm going to pour out my spirit. What's he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Ghost. He's talking about when Jesus went up in, in John the 16th chapter. Jesus went up and He told the disciples, It's expedient that I go away, because if I go away, the Comforter will not come. Well, thank God the Comforter came. The Comforter's here today, and the Holy Ghost is here today to help you. And, and, and those that are in tune and looking to God will hear from the Holy Ghost. So he said, now we're going to see dreams and have visions, and our victory is in what we see. See, you, here's the thing about it. You've got to see yourself healthy. You've got to see yourself out of lack. You've got to see yourself happy. If you go around and you're moaning and groaning all the time, you've got to see yourself in victory, bless God. You've got to see yourself where you want to go. And so he wants you to have a divine revelation and, and have a vision of your victory. You know, we sang that old song, Victory is mine, victory is mine. Uh, most church folks can't sing that song. They don't have any victory. I, 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 I can look at a lot of them's face on Sunday morning, and I tell them they ain't got the victory. Because they've let the world come in and distort Everything that God meant for good, the devil has distorted it, and now we're operating in defeat all the time. Uh, you know, I happen to be up, and, and, and God bless them. Uh, I happen to be sitting at, at, at the supermarket up here uh, yesterday, and I was watching. I had about 15 minutes, and I'm sitting in the car. And I'm seeing these people go into the, to the, to the store. I tell you, there's no victory at, about these people at all. I mean, it's just like, I, I thought, I, I, I'm thinking, my God, these people are depressed. I mean, it looks like, man, they have, it, it's awful. And then I found out I was talking to the lady that runs the store. I go early in the morning to the grocery store up here. They know me. And so I go early in the morning. They open at 6. And if I go to the store, Becky don't shop no more. I shop. So if, 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 if I go to the store, I go early in the morning. Because why? I don't want to see nobody. You hang around depressed people, you're going to be depressed. So I go early in the morning. I don't see nobody except the little girl that works behind the counter up there. So I was talking to her the other day, and I'm going down the aisle, and I see all of this wine. My God, they've got a, a, a counter of probably 50 foot long of wine. This is a grocery store. 
And they sell beer also. So I'm asking this little girl I checked out up there, and I said, I, I, I said, I noticed all this wine back here, uh, uh, these counters of wine. I said, it must be a lot of winos in Portland. <laughs> and she said, uh, well, let me tell you what we sell here. Now, this is a grocery store, and you've got all kind of markets and stuff around that's selling this stuff. And this little girl said, she said, do you know how much we sell a day? In Portland at the grocery store. She said, we sell $800 a day in wine. $800 a day, every day in wine. I thought, my God. And she said, we sell $400 a day in beer. I said, in a grocery store. And she said, here's what happens. They know me. So she said, Here, here's what happens. We have people come in here. And she said, they'll spend the last dime they got to buy a beer. I thought, oh, my God Almighty. Let me tell you something. They have no vision of their victory. Now, we ought to have a vision of our victory because we know what Jesus did for us on the cross. We can look and see what Jesus done, and, 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 and He took death, hell, and grave by the horn and, and defeated it, bless God. So we are hooked up with Him. Amen? Now, we're talking about visualizing your victory. Now, over in the, to the Second Kings, we see an interesting story in Second Kings, the sixth chapter. Now, the king of Syria is making war against Israel. And so here's, here, here's what happened. So when the servant, verse 15, And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went, went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. Now look what the servant said. And the servant said to Elijah, Allah, my master, what shall we do? So he, look what, look what Elijah said. Elijah said, so he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Can you understand that the servant goes out, he sees an army that has surrounded the city. He knows they're in trouble. He comes back to the man of God, and he said, Now, Elijah, I've just looked out, and he said, We're surrounded, and we're in trouble. What does Elijah say? He said, Look, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, you know that he must have thought Elijah was nuts. What did he see? Elijah saw... He saw a, he, he visualized his victory. God had allowed Elijah to see in the spirit realm, and look what he said. He said, now don't fear. Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray that you open his eyes that he may see. My prayer is that the church get their eyes open, that they will see what God has done. And Elijah prayed. He said, I pray you open his eyes. Then he opened his eyes. 
and, and the young man saw, and the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. God had already gave them the victory. All they had to do was visualize the victory, and he allowed Elijah to see the victory. When we get hooked up with God, God would allow you to see the end of this. And I can tell you this, my friend, bless God, we eat, we win at the end. We may go through some trials and troubles and tribulations, but I'm telling you, we win at the end, bless God. I was in, uh, you mind if I tell you a little story? Well, I'm going to tell it anyway. My company in 1966, in December, we was up on the Cambodian border. Well, what happened is our camp, every night, they would come in and, and, and attack our camp. So we're fighting every night, trying to keep the enemy off. Well, what happened is they're coming. We're on the border. They're coming from Cambodia over the border. We can't go over the border. We have to stay in Vietnam. So the captain said, we're going to once and for all, we're going to wipe this bunch out. So we get all fired up and we're going to, we're going to go in and wipe them out. Well, we take a little trip in and we get ambushed and we're cut all to pieces. So we, we, we retreat. Let me tell you something, honey. Because you retreat does not mean defeat. Sometimes you have to back up a little bit. Sometimes you have to back up and get with God a little bit. Sometimes we just, we're, we're, we're going to wait on God and see what God does. Well, we back up and so we, we, we're, uh, uh, they're all backed up. And so you know what we've done? We had the United States Air Force and we called in napalm and it wiped every one of them out. And you know what happened after that? We walked into Cambodia, bless God. I ain't supposed to tell you that, but we did. We took a trip into Cambodia over the line because God had fought for us and we saw the victory, bless God. And this is what we gotta see. We gotta see that God's already done it. It's like with healing. God's already appropriated that. Well, well, I ain't got it. And I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you a funny story here. And, and sometimes I, I, I told Miss um, um, uh, Ventress, sometimes we get caught up in this thing where, bless God, I'm just believing God, and that's good. We, we believe God. But sometimes we have to allow God to work through realms that we may not understand. And so, uh, uh, I don't been four or five years ago, none of y'all was here probably. But I had four or five years ago, and, and, and man, I had grout in my foot. It's bad. You ever had it? That's a bad devil, buddy. And, and I'm walking around about three weeks, and I'm praying for this grout. And I'm praying, man, I can't hardly walk. And I'm in here one Sunday morning, and I'm preaching, and I, I, I can't hardly walk. My foot's hurting so bad. And, and so I got up, and I said, I'm tired of this. I said, I, I tell you what I'm going to do tomorrow morning. I'm taking this devil to the doctor. And I took the devil to the doctor on Monday morning, and he gave me a, a, a shot, uh, uh, and, 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 
I walked out, bless God, uh, about four or five, I don't know what kind of shot it was, but about four or five hours later, that grout was gone. What is what? Gout. Well, whatever. Gout, grout, who, who cares? It's bad. I tell you, it's bad. I tell you, we took care of it, bless God. I guess you I know you I'm getting old when I don't know the difference between grout and gout, but whatever. But sometimes we have to use what God's got. And sometimes we say, well, if God chooses to do it this way, I'm still believing God. I'm not, the Bible says He created all, every herb that in the earth He created. So he created all this. So if that's it to my exposure, and I prayed about it. Now I'm not one to go to the doctor, but sometimes you just have to take the devil to somebody who knows more than you. Well, where was I at? Now, we see here that Elijah had saw that he got the victory. And see, when we get to the point where we can see that God's already done it. Now, turn real quickly. I want you to turn over to Colossians. And I want to show you something here that will make a mummy shout. Colossians 2. I'm sorry. Colossians 1, 13. Now, here's what he's done, and here's what you've got to see. Verse 13, he has delivered, now, now put your name in there. He has delivered Tommy or Bill or Harry or Ethel from the power of darkness and conveyed Ethel into the kingdom of the Son of his love. So he delivered him out of the power of darkness. Now look what he said. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. He is the image, talking about Jesus, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created in in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through and for Him. Now, verse 18 says, And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have preeminence or power. For it pleased the Father that in Him, Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. So when Jesus came and walked the earth, everything God was... Everything God is was in Jesus, right? He was the second person of the Trinity. So in Jesus, all the power of God operated in Him. But now Jesus went up. And the Bible says that He sent the Holy Spirit down. What? That we may, listen to this, honey. That we may have preeminence and power over all darkness through Him who, who is filling us with all His fullness. Now, in Colossians 
uh, 9, 2, 9, the Bible says this. For in, now you, if you don't get anything this morning, I want you to get this. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Jesus dwelt all of God. Everything God was and is operated in Jesus when Jesus was on this earth. Would you agree with that? Now, look what he said here. And Herbie is complete in him. No, you, no, you, you ain't got it. And he said that you are complete, verse 10, you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and power. I am complete this morning in Jesus who's the head of everything. So ever, look here now, everything Jesus is, everything Jesus was operates in me. Because I am complete. The Bible just told me here in Colossians that in Him all the fullness of the Godhead bodily operate. But it also says that I am complete in Him. Well, what does that mean? Now, now this will blow some of you's religious theory. But everything Jesus did, everything Jesus was, I have, I am qualified to do the same thing. Well, I see that didn't go over very good. Because now you say, are you comparing yourself with Jesus? No, the Bible said that in Him all the fullness dwell. But it also said that I am complete in Him. So in Jesus, I am complete and I should be operating in victory, bless God. Jesus was never defeated. He, he, was, he walked this earth. They took Him to Calvary, bless God. They killed Him, but thank God, three days later, He rose from the dead. And the Bible says He's seated at the right hand of the Father. They could not kill Jesus. They couldn't do anything to Him. And it's the same thing with you, honey. They can't kill you. They can't do anything to you. They can try to, the devil try to make your life miserable. But you, with Jesus, have the power to come against all of that. And greater is He. Come on, somebody help me now. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. So I've got the victory. Somebody help me this morning now. I said I've got the victory, bless God, because Jesus has already paid the price. I don't have to worry about praying the price. Thank God it's already done. Somebody point your neighbor and say, thank God it's done, bless God. So I've already got the victory. The devil can't kill me. He can't do anything to me. He can throw up some skirmishes and make, make, make me think, well, this is going to be it, you know. I had a thing the, 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 the other night. And, and, and this thought come to me. The Bible says, I can cast away all thoughts. I cast down all thoughts and imaginations. But I had this thing the other day. It's in the middle of the night, and I woke up. I had this, I, 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 it's like a dream I was having. Well, you won't last much longer. I thought, what's going on here? I had this thing. You won't last much longer. I thought, what in the world is going on here? Now, I knew that it wasn't Jesus. 
Because the Bible says a man does not know that, know any time he's going to die. So I knew then that it had to be Slewfoot. Now, I'm just going to tell you now, there's no children in here, so I'm just going to tell you what I said about 2 o'clock that night. I woke up and I had that thought. Well, you know, it'll be long now. I said, devil. Now, y'all get mad at me, do whatever you want to say, but I'm just going to say what's that. I said, devil, get the hell out of my room. That's what I said. Come to that. But see, that's how he wants to distort things and get you thinking. Now, Marshall, I want to tell you something this morning because that's why I said this for you. Because I was over at your house. Um, um, uh, I think I think you told me this. If I'm wrong, if, if, uh, forgive me. But I think you told me we were talking and you had some kind of heart thing that they're doing, got a heart monitor and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, but I think you told me that, uh, and this caught my this perked my attention because you were talking about you was going to do something with your heart, something. But anyway, this perked my attention because you said, uh, now my daddy died at 45 with heart trouble, right? Was that what it said? Now you see what the devil, now, now I'm going to see if I'm right. You've already thought that. Am I right? I know what the devil did to you because, see, that thought comes. He wants to come with that thought, well, Daddy died at 45. No, 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 no. You stay here long enough, brother, I'm going to tell you something. You'll, you, you'll start talking right. I don't know where you come, what church you're in, but I'm going to tell you in one right now that will get you talking right. And we're going to come against that. i tell you what happened. Elvis Presley's mother died at 42 years old. You know what? I've heard him say this. Y'all don't remember Elvis, but I'm old enough to remember Elvis. And Elvis said this uh, lots of times. Mama died at 42. I'll die at 42. You know how old Elvis was when he died? 42 years old. I can tell you what it is. He got what he said. He spoke death into his life, bless God. Now let me tell you something. I'm going to live, and I will. I will live and not die, and proclaim the words of the Lord. And the devil cannot bring this up against me, and 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 and, and, and torment me with it. Now I'm going to tell you, Marshall. We're walking out here today. That thought's not going to come to you no more. You're going to live. You're going to be an old man with an old white beard and uh, pumping around with a, a walking cane or whatever you got going to do. But the devil cannot kill you unless you buy into it. Now, I'm gonna, you know, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, now, I plan, on, I plan on being a centurion. Now, I don't know how many of y'all have, I'll have with me. Wouldn't that be something they say, well, they got a hundred year old pastor out there. He's got a walking cane. But he's still preaching the gospel, bless God. It don't make no difference. Let me tell you something, honey. I'm going to still preach the gospel no matter what happens, no matter what the devil says. God is still on the throne and I'm going to believe God no matter. Glory. When we get talking right and, and, and get our, when we get our talk lined up with our belief, 
You've got to believe you're going to be. It's like prosperity. You've got to believe you'll be prosperous. Well, Daddy was poor. Uncle Harry was poor. Aunt Susie was on food stamps and didn't have nothing. Mama never had nothing. That ain't got nothing to do with you. What your family is has got nothing to do with you. The Bible says you're a free will moral agent. You've got your own choice. I can remember as a little boy in that shack on that little dirt farm, 70-acre dirt farm out in Bellevue, Tennessee, when we didn't have nothing, no running water, no electricity, or nothing. And I, was, I don't know, I must have been 11 or 12 years old, but I can remember saying, if I ever get off this farm, I will never live like this again. And I, I can testify to you today that I ain't living like that, that I'm blessed, bless God, and I, I, don't, I don't apologize... I don't apologize for what God's done for us. Now, none of y'all was here. But, you know, the idea in the church, that uh, Brother Jerry knows this. He's been a pastor in uh, seven, eight churches. But he's been, been, been a pastor. I got one, brother. I got a military sweat rag. I don't fool with this, this old stuff here anymore. I get my camouflage rag. Appreciate the invite, though. But anyway, several years ago, uh, my wife wanted a, uh, we are going to get a new car. Well, I thought, well, we'll buy our new car. Church didn't buy it. I bought it. We bought a new car. We was living over here in the apartment. Just in a little apartment over here. And so we pulled that new car up there, had it pulled out over there, had this woman. Thank God she ain't here no more. (laughs) But I had this woman come to me after church. I can't believe that y'all bought a new car. How much is the church paying you? The church didn't buy nothing. I bought the car. But but you understand, I, I, I said, let me tell you something. I, I, I gave her a pretty good little talking to, and before she left. But I said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, I bought the car with my own money. Ain't nobody, but, but see, what happens is when you get blessed, people will come and say, oh, why you got this, or why you got that. And, and they, want, they, they want to beat you down because God's blessed you. I don't worry about it anymore. God's blessed me. God's blessed my little, uh, 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 well, whatever she is. But, uh, but, I, but we, don't make an apology because God blesses you. Thank God that He blessed you. And, 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 and maybe if you rub it off on them, they get blessed. But the thing about it is, if you've got no vision to be blessed, you'll never be blessed. Well, I see that I've got to go. Now... Remember what happened with the twelve spies in the promised land? Twelve of them went into the promised land to spy out the land. 
Remember they all 12 come back? Only two believed that they could be blessed. Only two got talking right. Only two had a vision of victory. Joshua and Caleb. Do you know? Now you, you guys know what happened to the rest of them. See, they looked at the circumstance instead of God. God had done sustained them for all those years. And they're getting ready to go in to, to get the, reap the benefit. But because the enemy stirs up a little, uh, 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 friction with them, ten of them said we can't do it. But let me tell you something. Look what they said. They said that we saw the giants and we in our own sight are grasshoppers. We saw ourselves defeated. Before they ever tried to go in, they saw their self defeated. Only Joshua and Caleb had the vision of victory. And Joshua and Caleb got the victory. Amen? Well, let's all stand. Bless God. Hope I encouraged you a little bit this morning. God's going to do great things. If you believe.